This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Thrive Inspiring Women, brought to you by Real Communications. I'm your host, Gina McKenzie, and I'll be speaking with inspiring women who are passionate about making a positive impact on our world. I hope you'll be uplifted and motivated by powerful stories of women doing amazing work to transform people's lives. On Thrive, we have Jo Bailey from Uniting Canterbury Women back in the studio with us. Nice to see you again, Jo. Thank you for having me, Gina. So it seems amazing. It didn't feel like that long ago, but the last time we caught up with you on Thrive was September 2019. Wow. Wow, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just a few months after you'd launched, you and a small group had launched Uniting Canterbury Women in response to the March 15 Christchurch terrorist attack. So it's been a while now. Can you tell us how the group has evolved and developed since then? Absolutely, Gina. Well, we've grown quite a lot. It's been a really exciting journey. Um, Connecting and supporting women across all cultures and providing lovely opportunities for us to all connect, you know, often over coffee and great food, um, is still very much at the heart of everything that we do. And our community has really grown significantly. We've got over 1,250 women, or uh, well, I think men as well, on our Uniting Canterbury Women Facebook page and a database, email database of around 500 people. So that's been really exciting. And and since that big event, I think what happens is perhaps when you run a successful event, we had 600 women come along to our inaugural event in July 2019. And then people kind of say, well, that was great. What's happening next? So um, we've, yeah, we've done a lot of stuff uh, since then. We've run a series of um, events and all sorts of initiatives. We've had um, an intimate chat series night, a World Hijab Day event, a Women's Walk for Unity. During the lockdown last year, we had a number of online events. So we brought in some when everybody was locked down. So we still wanted to be able to connect. So we brought in quite a few experts on mindfulness and um, dealing with anxiety. Uh, That was really successful. Uh, We had a dinner club, online dinner club, with Bridget Blair, who's the founder of Linden Leaves, and she's been an amazing supporter of ours right from the get-go. So that was lovely. Um, When we were able to meet in person again, we held a really special mindfulness retreat day, and about half of the 50 women who came to that event were from the Muslim community. So that was a really, really... Um, special day. And over the last year, um, we've run four around the world in eight cafes events, and they're just proving hugely popular. Mm, wonderful. So that um, leads nicely into the next question. So around the world in eight cafes, that's one of your regular activities. What's the concept be- behind this event, and how do they actually work? Well, we've been wanting to create some sort of event around a cafe sort of experience for women for quite a long time. And then um, Beck Parnham, who's one of our co-founders, had this great idea for Around the World in Eight Cafes, and we just we just loved it. And so we sort of teased that out. And what we do is visit uh, a different ethnic cafe or restaurant each time. 
we, uh, we've been sponsored to do this, which is absolutely wonderful. So we put on a lovely lunch for a group of around 30 to 35 women. We go to a different ethnic cafe, as I mentioned, each time. We learn about the culture and food. We get together. We share. It's just a really, really wonderful thing. It's great for the businesses as well because we can bring new people along to their businesses and they can share things about their culture. So, so far we've been uh, to Colombian, Cambodian, Afghan and Vietnamese restaurants. So who knows where in the world we'll go next. But we've been so lucky with great sponsors. And I think... um, but the events, because they're free, they're so popular that the tickets just go on our Facebook page in a couple of days. But I think the really beautiful thing about these events is the energy in the room. You know, when you get a group of women together, even women that don't necessarily know a lot of other women, as soon as the women sit down, and we, we like to ask the women to sit with someone they don't know to sort of promote new friendships and things. And we actually had an event um, at our last event, we put some connection questions on the table, but the chatter was so loud when we, you know, the event just started, we realised that nobody was paying any attention to the questions at all. So I think that's the lovely thing about um, about these events is the, the, lovely, um, the lovely connections that are made and the joy. In fact, we had a lady come over who was in the restaurant. We were in a lovely Vietnamese restaurant and said, what's going on? Or how can I be involved, this is really cool. So that was just so lovely to get that feedback and, and we just love um, we just love it. And I think the other thing is because we bring women of all cultures together, that's very, very important. So we had women from Eastern European countries, South America, uh, Middle East, Asia, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really wonderful is that we just learn so much about each other. And I think when we connect socially in a lovely way like this, all those preconceived ideas and and perhaps barriers are just broken down and we just connect as women and it's just such a lovely lovely thing that sounds wonderful that energy you know inspiring someone else to come over and connecting with people that we might not um, necessarily have an opportunity to connect with in our daily lives when we're so busy yes you know it can be hard to um, make new friends you know in your daily life absolutely especially across cultures <clears throat> and I think that's the really hard thing I think and we're probably all a little bit guilty of that within our own, own cultural groups that we perhaps stick with and because we are so busy and we stick with our own friendship groups so there aren't really many opportunities I don't think for this sort of thing to happen so we, we just really want to do more and more of this. It sounds fantastic and I do like the fact that you're also promoting small local businesses and giving them a chance to people a chance to try some different types of food as well. Absolutely and uh, at our last event we had a lady say oh I'm coming back here to have my um, end of year Christmas staff party you know so I think it, it is a lovely way to I think it's just a win-win for everybody really. Yeah. You had another very a big um, event that you worked on this year which was organising welcome packs for new refugees. Can you tell us more about this project? Absolutely it was uh, this was our probably our next biggest event uh, after our very first inaugural event it was a really big undertaking but it was so so special and very heartwarming so one of our co-founders, um, Zara Husseini, was actually um, came to New Zealand as an Afghan refugee. So this was a cause that was very dear to our, t- our heart. And it was actually after a conversation that Zara and Beck, um, our other co- one of our other co-founders, um, had. They sort of had the idea of creating a lovely sort of some kind of way that we could welcome the evacuees here because they'd been through so much trauma. 
and literally arrived with just the clothes on their back, you know, a lot of them. And Zara remembered her time arriving as um, as an Afghan evacuee. In fact, um, she said the smell of Lux soap just brings back the memories because she got some lovely toiletries in her pack and so that the smell of Lux soap always brings back um, brings back that memory. So we had a chat about it and I thought it was just such a lovely idea and um, Zara's also a medical interpreter in one of her roles and so she'd been working with a lot of the evacuees even in the government even before um, they they were evacuated and then and then after. So we were quite aware of what a lot of the families were going through and really wanted to help. So I set up a give a little and we cranked on with that and raised over fourteen thousand dollars, which was really extraordinary. Oh. Um, I was working closely with the with the refugee centre and um, we put together 250 individual welcome packs, so for the men, women and children. So the men all got you know, lots of lovely different items. So um, Beck is amazing on the um, product side of things because she runs two very special uh, social enterprises, um, Giving Seeds of Love and, and Cremar and Co. I think you may have spoken yes. to Beck about them before. And so she has lots of great connections in that realm and she's just amazing at curating lovely, lovely things. And so she really um, put together the ideas for the beautiful items in the pack and and talked to a lot of her contacts and with the view of them all being very high quality items and, and ethically sourced, which is very important to us as well. So we just had the most incredible support from lots of other like-minded um, people, individuals and businesses we met some uh, amazing new women in the, from the North Island who we call our new sisters, um, like from Make Give Live, who donated some beautiful woolen hats for the men and children, and Wildling Books, who made sure every Afghan child had four beautiful books in their welcome packs, and Colour Our Story, which donated gorgeous colouring in books, and they feature um, drawings and stories that, that are made by um, children from all around the world. So everything we wanted to have, you know, some sort of lovely meaning as well. Um, and a bit of a nod to um, Afghanistan, so we had lovely spices and teas and um, um, dried fruits and things that were sourced from the local Afghan stores here. Um, so they had a, there was a nod to home, but then also lovely things from New Zealand as well. So they are from the new home. So we just had, as I say, lots of support, lots of volunteers who came to help us pack the welcome packs, and um, we did this at the student cafeteria at St Andrews College. Um, it's one of my clients and my day job, and they're just they've always been such an amazing supporter. They we held our inaugural event in their stunning Centennial Chapel, and the rector and a, a group of uh, teachers there continue to support us in, in whatever way they can. So for this initiative, uh, students helped us make Giving Seeds of Love for the Women's Packs. They, uh, a group of Year 10 students created beautiful artworks of welcome for the Afghan children. And um, and of course, St Andrews provided the venue for the packing day, and we had a few students and a teacher come to help as well. So it really does take a village. And um, and we had the most beautiful feedback and photos from the resettlement centre and a lovely some lovely private messages, um, including from a young Afghan father who'd arrived with his family, who sent us a lovely photo of his wee girl um, with all her goodies. So that was so lovely. And and I think another lovely thing about this initiative was that um, when we started, there were six 
founders originally. Um, today, um, Beck and I do lead pretty much all of the projects and the others kind of pop in and out where they can. But for this project, we all came back together and um, with the addition of another lovely young woman from the Muslim community, um, Sahela Askari, um, she was also a former refugee from Afghanistan and, and she joined our crew. So it was just so lovely to all be working together again to, you know, on a really big project. So, yeah, mm. we, we loved it. A lot of thought and care and so beautiful you could all reconnect in that way. It was really, it was really lovely. Yeah. You run your own business alongside the work you do with Uniting Canterbury Women. What have you been up to lately in your own business? Oh, there's kind of, I guess, two arms to my business. Um, I've been a journalist for around 35 years and had my own business for the last 20 years. But these days I work mainly with clients, which I really love. So St Andrews College, as I've mentioned, uh, and I work on quite a few projects with the Antarctic Heritage Trust and other clients as well, and, and really love love working with them. I also run my author business, so I've written four books, and so I do a lot of public speaking with my fourth book, which is called Never Forget. It's a collection of six true World War II stories. Um, and I also teach Writing Life Stories Your Way workshops, because um, storytelling, I guess, is at the heart of everything I do. And um, in my day job, uh, in my author business, and I think also with Uniting Canterbury Women, because story is the thing that that breaks down the barriers um, between us. So, and I love, love, love to encourage people to write their own stories because I think there's just so many benefits from that. I think we all ha- are unique and incredible, and all our lives are amazing and worth recording. And I think for future generations, it's such a beautiful gift. But I also think that writing about our lives helps us to really make sense of our lives and what we're going through, what we've been through, helps us perhaps to reconcile some difficult experiences that we might have had, maybe think a little bit differently about them. So uh, I, I think writing our stories is so valuable in so many ways and um, I just love to help people to do it. And one of your workshops recently sold out, didn't it? So I think you had more bookings available for people? Um, yes, yes. I've, I've actually got uh, another one. I haven't quite set the date, but later in January there will be um, another one coming up as well on a weekend. So yes, I'm, I'm going to, yes, there's been really good, really good feedback. And uh, I also run quite a few in retirement villages and, and places like that, as mm. well as running my own. So it's um, it's just fantastic. How do you keep a balance between your voluntary work, your business, and what do you do when you feel like things might just be getting out of balance? Do you sort of have a reset moment? (laughs) Definitely have a reset moment. I think on the whole, I manage to maintain the balance, but it's probably because I've worked from home for 20 years and I'm incredibly disciplined. But I do find that having a regular routine is really important. So I get up and I get on my yoga mat. It's the first thing I do every day and have a really lovely breakfast. And I'm, I have that quite mindfully and, and take the time. And I find that that just sets me up for the day. And then I find that I can be really productive. The days where I think I've got to get up and I've got to get straight to my desk and I'm in a rush are the days that they're the days that I'm more inclined to go to custard, I think. So I think having that routine is is really, really important. And I do try and walk for at least 30 minutes a day as well. And if I can manage all of that, I find that the days go pretty well. 
Um, I do absolutely um, prioritise my client work. So meeting those deadlines, that's always the absolute priority. And, and I fit my author business and the Uniting Canterbury Woman work in um, around that. I mean, sometimes it does get out of balance. I think we all have times like that. And I sometimes I've taken a step back and just thought about where I might be overextending myself. And there has been times where we've put a Uniting Canterbury Woman event off for a month because it's just going to be too hard to um, to do it with everything else that's going on. And, and that's fine. So I think um, the other thing is that I will just jump back on the yoga mat or I'll just lie on the couch and do a 10-minute meditation. And I think it's amazing what the, how those wee breaks can actually or just mindfully have a lovely cup of tea. And I think it's amazing how it seems counterproductive to take time out, but it, it can actually just make all the difference, mm. can't it, I think, if you're feeling a little bit stressed. I think so too. And being able to say no or sorry, that would have to be later. I think that's another good learning too, isn't it? It really is. I think it's something we get better at as we get older as well, instead of just saying yes and then totally wearing ourselves out. I think we're, um, yeah, I think I'm finding that as I, as I get older, I'm getting better. Now we're at the start of 2022, a new year. What has Uniting Canterbury Women got planned for the year ahead? Well, we've got quite a few exciting plans, actually, Gina. Our um, Uniting Canterbury Women website um, is under construction, but it's very close to being launched, which is very exciting. So my goal is to do a lot more interviews with women next year, um, both in print and also on video, um, and create a really lovely collection of stories for the website. Um, we want to share more about some of, of and, and like you do, you do such an amazing job of that with Thrive. You know, there's so many amazing women doing so many incredible things in the community. So we'd really like to start a regular newsletter as well where we can um, highlight some of the projects and maybe sort of like advertise you know, what's coming up and what's going on. Because I think there are a lot of women and groups of women that are perhaps doing things in silos. Um, and so we've been thinking a lot about how can we create a bit of a hub where maybe these groups of women can connect and how can we share what they're doing to the wider community. And we think we have a pretty good platform to be able to do that. So that's some pretty important work that we're thinking about um, for next year. Um, we, Of course, we'll continue with Around the World and Eight Cafes, which we just love. And we've got another mindfulness day in the planning stages. And we're also very excited to have a storytelling exchange event coming up um, in February with the new Christchurch branch of Narrative 4. Um, and this is a global non-profit organisation based in New York. And so Shannon, um, who is behind Narrative 4 um, here in Aitatahi, is um, having her first event. So we're going to help launch Narrative 4 here. And the idea behind Narrative 4 is that we see the world in us and ourselves more um, empathically through the exchange of our personal narratives. And I think that really fits very well with our values of um, sharing our stories through Uniting Canterbury Women. So we are super thrilled uh, to be helping Narrative 4 to launch here. Wonderful. So how can we find out more and connect with your group and get involved in some of these wonderful initiatives that you're going to be running? 
Well, our Facebook page is definitely the easiest way to connect and keep up to date with all the latest news um, and our newsletter, which we're really going to be growing this year. Uh, there's a button on our Facebook page where people can sign up to our newsletter. So that's another great way to um, keep up with all the news and also what other, um, all the news that other of, of other women's groups. And also it's a great place to you know, we want um, women to be able to feel that they can share their news. So, you know, definitely keep in touch with us about about projects that they've got going on. Um, our website will grow and, and be a great source of information as the year goes on as well. So I mean, we're just so excited about where things are heading. It's growing with United Canterbury Women. It's grown way beyond our expectations in the last, you know, two and a half years since we, we founded it. And we just love to bring as many women from Otatahi and the wider Canterbury community um, along with us as we possibly can. I love the variety of different activities that you're going to have on offer to appeal to everyone and also being able to share the work that these other groups are getting. It's just amazing to be able to connect everyone together like this. Thanks, Gina. Yes, we, we think it's that's where we can see kind of a gap and I think that's that's what's evolving as as we go on, and we kind of see ourselves as being Switzerland. We we just want to promote, you know, everybody and and um, share all the wonderful things that are going on in our community. But more than that, also then bring these different groups of women together as well. So yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us again today, Joe. We're really looking forward to having you back in another year or two to hear, hear more about where Uniting Canterbury Women's going. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to chat to you again. Thank you. Wishing you a wonderful 2022. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Thrive Inspiring Women. If you'd like to listen to previous shows, just go to the Plains FM website and type in Thrive. Thanks again for tuning in to Thrive and join me again next time for more amazing stories from inspirational women who are changing our world. Thrive.